Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, good morning. Yes, we will get started. Uh, it's about 9.35. Um, how's, how's things going? How are you guys? Ch- chatty. Halloween, how was that? <laughs> Wide-eyed. It was... Uh, it was church the entire... It was churchy. Yeah, trick-or-treating. What's that? We take the entire preschool to sixth grade trick-or-treating during the school day. Where do you take them? All the businesses in town in Sheldon. That is fantastic. Have you ever been? No. It must be quite the spectacle. No, it's not awful. Once we get everybody dressed and on the move, then I'm good. That's awesome. But it's just... It, it just it stresses me out because some people don't and yeah. you're like, I have three. Normally, I'm just a teacher. We survived. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I am glad you survived your Halloween endeavor. Endeavor. Excellent. Excellent. Um, this week was a good week. I enjoyed it this week. It was pretty chill. Last night, uh, a couple of us were able to go out and have a feast, and it was delicious. There's this little place in Arma called Mangarelli's, and they have an incredible deal. Italian food, which I love. I could eat forever. Uh, it's fantastic. So I would encourage you, check it out, look it up. Italian. It's incredible. Italian. Italian like me. <laughs> so, um, so this is week eight of Grace Based Parenting. Uh, I can't believe it's been eight weeks already, huh? Two months of Dealing with me and Peter. Incredible. Um, Peter is in the Dominican Republic this weekend. Uh, he's teaching a, a seminar for uh, Black Box International, which he's a part of. And uh, it's an incredible ministry uh, that they have. Um, so please keep him in your prayers as he travels and uh, just with the uh, seminar and training. Uh, that being said... Today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about vulnerability and how do we give our children freedom to be vulnerable, which is really an interesting word, an interesting topic, and I would love nothing more than to share that with you. And as you know, I love definitions, so we're going to try to define this word vulnerability in a little bit. But before we do... Yeah, we're going to practice a little vulnerability in a not completely vulnerable way because it seems to be a scary question, but at the same time, it's kind of more and more common. So I imagine you've shared this before, so it won't be completely vulnerable, although it will be a little vulnerable. So as we break into our table times, here's the question. Share your most embarrassing moment. So think about that for a minute, and then around the table, go ahead and share your most embarrassing moment. Enjoy. All right, here we are, coming back from the discussion of our most embarrassing moment to try to endeavor into this thing called vulnerability. Who wants to share? I mean, someone, you just shared at your table. Someone's got to have a fantastic story. All right, the winner. Let's, let's hear. Okay, when you first discover girls and you think they're kind of... Cute. Yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know. I was younger. I was like seven or something. And, and I had swim team, and we're all supposed to wear Speedos. And, uh, you know, it's summer, you know, about 8 o'clock in the morning, you're not all there. And you pull your shorts down, and then all, all the girls are looking, and the cute the swim coach, and, and your mom has you in uh, and underwears. And it was like some silly, like, fire engine underwears. <laughs> <laughs> and at least I had something on, but it was underwears. Underwears. Yeah, that, that's as good as I got. That's... <laughs> That's fantastic. I got called called like fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) It could could have been worse, I guess. I guess. Maybe. Maybe. So so this week, as we're talking about vulnerability, um, we're going to watch the video. uh, Week 8 on grace-based parenting, the freedom to be vulnerable, and what that looks like for our children. So we're going to watch the video right now, week eight, the freedom to be vulnerable. So as we come out of the video, um, and we're talking about vulnerability and giving our kids space and freedom to be vulnerable, uh, we've done this a lot throughout this class as I like to define words, because if we're defining words in different ways, we're going to end up in different places. And so how would you define vulnerability? Or vulnerable. The ability to feel comfortably safe. The ability to feel comfortably safe. I love that. What else? What do you guys think? Open to attack. Open to attack. Yeah. Open to attack. This is fascinating because, you know, again, I love I love words and finding out what they mean and looking at what you know Webster or whoever the uh, word decider definer is in our culture and then looking through scripture and trying to see uh, what God says about this word and so I looked up vulnerability in seven different dictionaries and the first six gave a very similar definition and the first six said this vulnerability is opening oneself up to great devastation which is very similar to what Mark said right and then the last dictionary I looked at, I thought, man, that's, that's really good, and it's close, but it's not quite there. And it said this, vulnerability is either opening oneself up to great devastation or great reward. And I thought, okay, that, that's closer. However, then I started to look at uh, our relationship with God and, and biblically uh, what vulnerability is. And I started to realize that in Christ, when you're vulnerable, you're only ever opening up yourself to great reward because he will never devastate you. The challenge is that I often look to others to define me. And if I allow them and give them that power, then yeah, I can be hurt. But if I realize that they don't define me, that God does, and he loves me, and he loves you, and he would never do anything to hurt you, then vulnerability is only ever opening up myself, yourself, to great reward, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, In Genesis 2.25, there's this uh, little phrase. It says this, And the man and his wife were both naked and knew no shame. And I think we look at that and we think, well, they were nude. But it goes way beyond that. That word naked means 
open and honest and vulnerable with one another. And it wasn't just physically. It was emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, relationally, um, with, with God and one another and sexually with one another. So this was opening oneself up in, in a unique way. Um, so that's where vulnerability starts. It has to start with opening yourself up. Uh, Genesis 4.1, there's another really interesting phrase. It says this, And Adam knew his wife, and she bore a son. And because we think that that knowing one another was that they had sex and they had a son, we kind of stop there. But when you look up that word to know in the Hebrew, it's yada. And yada means opening oneself up to be completely known. And allowing yourself to engage another who is opening up themselves to be completely known. So vulnerability, the only way that happens is through vulnerability, right? So vulnerability leads to yada. And then yada leads to this other Hebrew word called shalom. And you've heard of shalom, right? And we think of it as peace. But it's so much more than peace. It's unity and it's harmony. It's oneness. But if we're to have shalom, ultimately, it starts with vulnerability. And that's really hard for us. Because instead of believing that God is the one who gives us value and worth and definition, we often look to others to do that. And they're probably and more so broken than we are. And so they can hurt us if we allow them to. And so how do we shift... This is a word, change our mind, right? The biblical word here is repent from our belief that others define me to the truth that God defines me. And allowing our heart to catch up with our head and not feel the hurt uh, when people try to hurt us. And I think that's something that he touched on briefly is this whole idea of emotions, right? Because when we're talking about vulnerability, it can become very emotional, and I want to take a moment to talk about emotions because oftentimes when we're vulnerable, emotions rise. And for us feelers, that's nice, especially when you have a connection and, and, and whatnot. So, so how many feelers are in the room? Okay. How many thinkers are in the room? Okay. How many of you just don't know whether you're a thinker or a feeler? Think yeah. I think about feelings. <laughs> I don't feel them much, but I think about them. Um, but, but here's the thing. If you're a feeler, it's easy to allow your emotions to rule and reign and lead. And that can be really dangerous. On the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're a thinker, you can allow your will to lead. And that can be dangerous as well because whether you realize it or not, you aren't always right. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Um, for, so, <laughs> so for thinkers, it's okay to allow the emotions. Um, and, and, and oftentimes they get, they get ignored or resisted because they don't really give me value, right? But for a feeler, allowing the emotion to, to rise and, and lead often leads us into this tumult of, of chaos 
And so thinkers or feelers have really high highs, like not cloud nine, but cloud 99, and really low lows, like manic depressant type lows. But for the thinker, they can have that same type of experience. When I'm right and things are going the way I think they need to be going, but but if I realize that I'm wrong, like how can that be? Right? And so what, what God says is don't follow your emotions or your will, but follow the spirit. And so emotions and will aren't wrong, right? But they're not to be guides and they're not to be followed. Right? They're to be discerned. So when I feel a certain way, I don't want to ignore that or resist that, but discern it. What is this really saying? And when I think a certain way, I want to come back to God's word and go, okay, is this in line with what God's will is? Or is this my own will? Make sense? And so with all of this, um, we have to realize that as... Okay, so how many of you... Couples are both feelers. Interesting, interesting. How many of you couples are both thinkers? I love it when theories hold out. How many of you, one's a thinker and one's a feeler? Oh, wow, and every hand raises. That is fantastic. You know what's really, really cool about that? No, not nothing. Um, A lot. A lot. Because here's the thing. You guys get an amazing opportunity to be whole. Right? Because thinkers are going to lean towards truth. And feelers are going to lean towards grace. And so as we've been talking about calibrating grace and truth this whole time, it's really important for you to be a team that collaborates and coordinates and cooperates. And the truth, the person that leans towards truth doesn't dominate and dictate. And the person, right, crush and exasperate. And the person that leads to grace doesn't enable this behavior, but that you calibrate grace and truth properly so that you're encouraging and performing as a team, as a body, as one, right? And when that happens... If you're the truth teller, listen to your spouse when they say, you might be being a little too harsh, right? And when you're the grace giver, listen to your spouse when they say, you're probably enabling the kids a little too much, right? And so as we can humble ourselves and recognize that in our Relationship and how we're relating to our kids, then we provide that environment where they can be vulnerable, right? Um, ultimately, what we're talking about is capturing the heart of our children. Because if we don't, someone or something else will. And that is really something that you see as kids start to become teenagers, right? Because they're starting to like boys. They're starting to like girls. 
and they can easily capture your child's heart if you're not creating an environment that's safe where they can be vulnerable and if you're not inviting them into a better story. So there was a there was a guy who uh, his daughter was just off the handle. She got all emo, or when I was a kid, called goth, right? Like black and all this stuff. And um, and he just couldn't figure it out. And and uh, and she was dating this guy that was just into just not great stuff and, and he was really worried and, and so he started seeking counsel and, and praying about it and um, he got this great advice to just invite her into a better story and so what he did was he got his family together and said hey I want us to plan a mission trip and each of us to earn money in order to go on this mission trip and for whatever reason we all know God's awesome like this. Uh, his daughter took to it. She was spending so much time working and finding ways to earn money to go on this mission trip that she didn't have time for this boy anymore. Um, and she started changing her look because she wanted to be able to relate to people that she was going to meet with when she went on this mission trip. And so it was really incredible how when she was invited into a better story that she kind of took to this uh, task. Uh, when I was a younger parent, uh, my children were about five and three. Uh, my daughter, I thought, man, when my daughter turns five, she's 16 now, we're going to start doing daddy-daughter date nights, right? And so uh, I, would, I would take her out once a month, and it was just her and me, and it was great and fantastic. And, uh, and it was funny because my, my son was three, and he goes, Dad, when are we getting date nights? And I thought, that's cool, but let's call them Grand Adventures which I stole from a, a friend of mine named Jim. Um, so we would go on Grand Adventures, and Bella and I would go on date nights, and it was fantastic. And then when she got to about 11, 12, 13, you know, they're, they're growing up, and they've got friend groups, and there's drama and all this stuff, and I wanted to know more. And so I would really push. Like, hey, what's going on? Well, how's so-and-so? How's so-and-so? How's so-and-so? And she would shut down. And it took me about a year and a half. She was probably 14 before I realized, like, I got to stop doing this. She's not sharing. I'm pushing her away. I just need to be present. And as I was present, it may take five months or so, but then she would open up and she would, right? And so now it's, it's the thing of, like, it was five months and then she'd share it was four months and then she'd share but as I just was present she would share more and more frequently um, and the other thing is that when when I when she did share initially I was like all in like kicking the door in like yeah da, 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 da. and so she would share and then she'd shut the door and I wouldn't realize that and I'd still try to be busting in and then she'd shut it down again and so it would be another five months before she opened up. But then I started to realize, wow, I need to calm down. When she opens the door, ask some open-ended questions. As she shares, great. When I start to sense that she's changing the subject or done with the conversation, be proactive to change the subject. And then everything's great, right? 
Um, so those are just some encouragements for you guys through that. Um, because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to try to capture our child's heart. And they will be more vulnerable and open and honest with you and trust you more than anybody else. And you may think, my kid doesn't trust me. They do. They love you. They want your affection. They want your affirmation. They want your time. They want your presence. They don't necessarily want all your questioning. Right? But if you give them time, affection, affirmation, and presence, conversation will come. I guarantee it. Um, any questions, thoughts, comments? Okay, cool. So, in the last five minutes of class, what I would like to do is ask you these couple questions. Um, how do you commingle in the head and the heart? In other words, we just identified that one of you is the thinker and one of you is the feeler. So, how do you partner together to calibrate grace and truth together in a way that nurtures your child? Instead of combating as parents, coalescing as parents, right? Um, and then another question is, how are you modeling vulnerability for your children? Are you vulnerable in front of them? Are you allowing them to be vulnerable in front of you? Or like Tim said, are you crushing that or dismissing it? Um, so let's take some time to talk about that and then we'll come back. I have a couple of announcements. We'll pray and dismiss. So you got about five minutes. Hey everybody, we're uh, kind of running out of class time. Uh, what I love about you guys is that you guys can talk forever, and I love that. I think that's really, really important quality, and I, I want to encourage you, continue these conversations. I, I wish this class could last forever, but it is kind of over time as it is. But please, continue your conversations if you'd like to. After class, connect with each other. That's what's really, really more important than anything, is just continuing to connect with each other, drawing closer to God, and encouraging one another. Um, I wanted to talk about one more thing before we pray, and that is this. If you've been looking through the book, you're realizing there's two more weeks left, but that's not going to get us through all that he talked about when he does the little house illustration. So there are actually two more classes, not class sessions, but actual classes. If this was one class that we're eight weeks into and it's a 10-week class, there's two more classes that Tim Kimmel has on grace-based parenting. And so in January, we're going to be starting a, the grace-based parenting two class talking about building character. And we wanted to invite you to that uh, and also to encourage you to feel free to invite others. Uh, we can, uh, they can catch up through Right Now Media on what we've talked about. Or really, it's a great series because it stands alone as well. Um, so we want to invite you to that. There will be sign-ups starting in January in the main foyer like we typically do and probably how you signed up for this class. So I uh, wanted to encourage you with that. Uh, any, any questions, thoughts, comments before I pray and we dismiss? All right, well, let me pray. 
Father, thank you that you are a relational God and that you relate to us, that you love us, that you care for us, that you show us who you are. And Lord, I pray that we would also in turn uh, love you well, uh, care for you, and show you who we are. I thank you that our definition and our value come from you, and I pray that we would believe that. Lord, we repent when we don't and when we haven't. And we pray that you would give us grace to trust you, to believe you, and to be vulnerable to you. And in turn, Lord, to create an environment of vulnerability in our home that is only ever rewarding and not damaging. And we ask for this and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.